Welcome back to Look at the Book and our fourth session on the question, what is the good news of Christianity? Six biblical truths. We're developing six biblical truths as the foundation or the background to explain why the good news is the good news, because without these truths, this good news won't make any sense standing by itself. First, we saw that God created us for his glory. That is, that his glory may be known as our greatest treasure, that his glory may be enjoyed as our greatest pleasure, that his glory may be shown as the greatest treasure by being enjoyed as the greatest pleasure, along with the attitudes and actions that flow from this supreme pleasure in him and thus make it open and visible that he is supremely enjoyed and known as a great treasure. Second, we saw that 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 design of creation leads to a human duty, a joyful duty. Therefore, it is man's joyful duty to live for the glory of God, created for his glory. Therefore, we are to live for the glory of God by being thankful, by trusting him, by doing good deeds of love toward people in reliance upon him and for his name, by loving God, that is enjoying God and treasuring God above all things and thus showing him as the supreme treasure and the supreme pleasure of our lives. This is our joyful duty in view of what God created us to be and why he created us, namely for his glory. The third truth, all of us have failed to glorify God as we should. We have not thanked him from our hearts, not just our lips, but from our hearts as we should. We haven't trusted him day in and day out. We've turned to other trusts. We haven't treasured him above all things, but have treasured other things. We haven't enjoyed him supremely. We haven't obeyed him, and therefore we have not glorified him as he deserves. And now we come to the fourth truth. We are thus found to be dead in our trespasses and under God's just condemnation. So this is our spiritual, you might say moral condition, the condition on the inside of us, a deadness to spiritual things, and this is our legal condition. Outside of us, in relation to God, we are under the just condemnation of God. Inside, we are spiritually dead and hostile. Now let's look at some passages of Scripture that teach this is our true condition. Let's talk first about this one. Ephesians 2, this is Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. You were dead, spiritually dead, in the trespasses 
and sins in which you once walked, following, he's talking to Christians, and that's why he said once, because we're going to get eventually to a glorious deliverance. You once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, so the sons of disobedience, that's everybody, all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature, that's this deadness here, that's what we are by nature, children of wrath. So here's our natural spiritual condition, and here's our legal condition under the anger and the wrath of the justice of God, like the rest of mankind. In other words, all of mankind are in these two conditions, namely by nature, we are sons of disobedience, dead in our trespasses, and that means also under the wrath of God. Or another place where Paul talks about this condition that we are dreadfully in, chapter 2 and verse 14 of 1 Corinthians, the letter of Paul to the Corinthians, the natural person, in other words, what we are, apart from Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, foolishness. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned, and we are spiritually dead. By nature, we look at Scripture and the teachings of the Bible about God and His ways and His salvation, and they are folly, foolishness, until the Holy Spirit works in our hearts so that we become more than a merely natural person. So that's our condition within, internally. Now, let's turn outwardly to the legal condition that we're all in. Genesis, first book in the Bible, chapter 18, verse 25. God's about to pour out judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Far be it from you. Abraham cries out, far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And that rhetorical question is intended to communicate no way will he do what is wrong. Surely he will do what is just. Yes, he will act justly. So the very essence of the divine judge in heaven is that he is just. And what is the upshot of that justice? The book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 30 to 31 now, God commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world. There's coming a day of judgment, a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. He's always a righteous judge. He never does anything unjust or wrong. He never treats anyone worse than they deserve. He will judge the world in righteousness by a man, this is Jesus, whom he has appointed. Of this he has given assurance by raising him from the dead. 
So God is going to judge the world by Jesus Christ. So a day of judgment is coming. And what will be the outcome? Here's Jesus talking in Matthew 25, 31, the parable of the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man, that's Jesus, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he's coming back at the end of the age. After he's risen from the dead, he went to heaven, and now that's where he reigns, and he will come again someday. And when he comes in glory, all the angels with him, then he will sit on his throne. Before him will be gathered the nations, and he will separate people from one from another, as a shepherd separates sheep and goats. And I'm jumping way down to verse 46 from verse 32, so you need to read what's in between. And these, these goats, will go away into eternal punishment. And there's that word eternal. In the Bible, hell is eternal conscious torment. They will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Or here's the way the Apostle Paul puts it in his letter to the Thessalonians, the second letter, chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. The Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's going to be a legal, just punishment and vengeance. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. There it is again, away, away from the presence of the Lord. So one of the awful conditions of this eternal destruction is away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. So what's the summary of our condition? God created us for his glory. And this was wonderful news at the beginning because it was therefore our joyful duty to live for his glory because we glorify him by enjoying him and treasuring him as the most wonderful and beautiful of all beings. Nevertheless, all of us failed to glorify God. We chose to trust ourselves and trust other things and glorify ourselves and magnify our own worth rather than making God supreme and central. And so we are thus found to be dead in our spiritual condition, in our trespasses, and under the just wrath or sentence or condemnation of God. So we have a, an external condition that is dreadful, namely Almighty God in his justice is opposed to us because he is not going to sweep our God-belittling sins under the rug of the universe. And we have a condition of rebellion and spiritual deadness that makes us slaves to sin rather than slaves of God. So now we see why there is such a need for some kind of news. We need God to do something. We cannot save ourselves because of our deadness. We could never do enough to bring ourselves out from under this condemnation that we are under. We are hopeless. 
unless God acts in mercy. Next time.